Hi everyone! For the month of April, the Kids Yoga Podcast is being sponsored by the Black Kids Do Yoga Club. I'm going to turn it over to Sunjoria Sidnor to tell you more. The purpose of the BKDY Club is to build an inclusive community for young yogis of color, uniting Black kids in yoga through asana, meditation, and mindfulness. Interested individuals can find out more information and sign up for this free membership at www.ourfamiliesdoingyoga.com. Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Kids Yoga Podcast. My name is Jessica. This week, I am joined by Francesca Castellanides. Born in the UK to an English mother and Cypriot father, Francesca lived in Devon up until she was 10 years old and then moved to Cyprus. She returned to England 15 years ago and now lives in London with her husband and cat. She completed her MBA master's in business administration, and started off her career in PR and event management. Twelve years later, she received her degree in special education and worked in Athens, and when she returned to the UK, ended up working full-time with yoga. Francesca trained in Ashtanga in 2009 and has experienced and experimented with many different forms. Her practice and training has expanded to include yoga for the special child, yoga for children, aqua yoga, mandala yoga, yin yoga, and mindfulness. She is now a senior yoga teacher and trainer with Yoga Alliance. She owns and runs Beam Academy that works with over 100 schools in London and runs children, mindfulness, and teen trainings with a 200-hour Ashtanga training coming soon. Francesca, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Yes, I really appreciate it. Um, I want to start at the beginning of your yoga journey. So can you tell me when did you first find yoga in your life? Um, I was actually introduced to yoga quite young by my aunt, my mother's sister, who practiced yoga back in the 60s and 70s. So I was introduced to it quite early um, and then I just kind of dabbled in and out throughout the years until it took over. But yes, it was it was my aunt that first introduced me when I think I was about 16. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> so you started early and, and that's not, you don't hear that often people doing yoga back in the sixties and seventies that you said. So that's, I mean, that's I, great. Yeah. I was, for me, it was in the eighties, but my mm-hmm. aunt had been doing it because um, she, she traveled abroad. So she'd started doing it um, when it wasn't even that well known and, you know, in the Western world yet. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very positive influence. <laughs> yes. So when when did you then decide that you wanted to share yoga with children? That came um, kind of by accident because um, I was uh, living in Athens at the time. And as I said, I was always through the gym or yoga studios. I just always did my own kind of practice. But um I was working in in PR, but I was also working with children with special needs. And one day I was with this working with this little boy who was having a massive tantrum. Um, He was on the spectrum. So I just switched everything and started doing some breathing exercises with him and started doing some forward folds and some big star jumps. And he responded so positively and it, the transformation in his mood and his tantrum was instantaneous. Um, I started introducing little things in every session that we had and then it just started growing from there. So what brought you to work with special needs children? I know you had gone to school originally for something else and then you, you went back to school for special needs. So, so what brought that out for you? Even that was by accident. Mm. There there seems to be so many coincidences in my life that have kind of brought me to where I am today. Uh, When I was working in PR, I was asked by the company that I was working for at the time to um, find some kind of charitable organization to uh, sponsor because the the company I was working for was an insurance company. So they wanted um, that positive image. Um, And I came across Special Olympics. I started researching it and it was the Special Olympics that introduced me to this, shall we call it, population. Um, And even after the company ceased to be a sponsor and even after I left that company, um, I joined the board of directors for the Special Olympics in Cyprus, which which, Mm. which was where I was living at the time. And. Um, I just started getting closer and closer to these children. I started getting more and more involved. Um, And then it kind of just took over. I I realized at some point after I moved to Athens that what I had as a side interest was actually much more closer to my heart than my actual job. Hmm. So that's when I went in, started studying at the same time to get a degree in special education and worked with children at the same time and made the transition. (laughs) Right. So to go from that job to then studying special education and then to decide to completely switch your career, was that gradual or? It was. And it was quite a busy time as well. So Mm. I was working um, at my job during the day. I was I had um, one or two children that I started working with in Athens because um, because I was doing my degree online. I had to have the practical um, experience at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was studying and working and working with the children as well. So it was a quite a full on period, but um, it helped me through, you know, to, to fund everything and then slowly transition from one to the other. Right. And then when did the yoga then kind of take over? Because then I know you ran a, a yoga kids yoga franchise for 12 years. So tell me how that happened. <laughs> when did that come about? <laughs> 
Well, whilst I was living in Athens, I um, and I, I started introducing those little yoga techniques with the, with the little boys I was working. Um, I came across um, a course in London, uh, which was yoga for children with special needs. So I flew back to London to do that course. And at the same time, by accident, I found um, a children's course as well. And as I was here, I did that as well. Uh, I think it was about eight months later, I decided to leave Athens and came back to the UK. Um, and I started working in schools, but as you hear a lot of teachers saying it just working in a school was just taking away it was more about the paperwork and ticking boxes and everything else rather than doing what you really want to do and I was becoming more and more and more involved in yoga and working with more and more children and then I was offered um, this offer for a yoga franchise children's franchise came on the table and it kind of seemed to fit because it had it included my PR skills, my marketing skills, my special education, my yoga, because in the meantime, I'd also flown over to Hawaii and did my 200 hour in Ashtanga. So it all fitted under one umbrella. And hmm. um, so, again, I made that transition <laughs> from schools and education into um, full time yoga. Right. And running business. Um, what was the greatest challenge of running the franchise working by yourself and for yourself because I'd always worked for people I'd always worked for big mm-hmm. massive companies and um you know I knew what I had to do and what was expected of me and suddenly even though I knew what I had to do it I had to find the way to do it and I was Mm -hmm. by myself and working by yourself as well from home can be quite lonely and you have to motivate yourself and I think those were the biggest challenges that I had in the beginning it was getting used to that sole trading situation Mm -hmm. and then what was the greatest reward being recognized for what you were doing and when going into schools and get taking on contracts from for from nurseries and schools and seeing my team of teachers grow um, and the the response we were receiving from all these uh, schools and nurseries and how much the children were enjoying it that just gave you the 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 motivation and the push to keep going right um do you have i'm just curious do you have any favorite stories of children you worked with that stand out to you as being one of those moments where you just feel like, oh, this is all worth it? (laughs) Well, one of the stories that I I was, because when you're in working in schools um, and nurseries, you have to be very aware of the multicultural society that we live in. So you have to be very aware of what you put out there and it can't be at any point misconstrued as religious or whatever. But uh, one day I did um, a chakra theme, yoga yoga theme with some preteens and they were fascinated. And I was so shocked by how they took to this theme of chakras and energy wheels and colors. And um, it, it was amazing. Um, and I have found throughout the years that I tend to veer towards the preteens and the teens. So 
working with that age group where I can have that communication and they're very they're very inquisitive and very curious and they want to know and they won't just accept something because that's what you said they'll they'll question it and you have to justify why you're doing this or why you said that and I like that banter yes and I was I was totally shocked by the chakra theme it was (laughs) I didn't expect (laughs) such a response (laughs) right I do I love that age too because like you said there's so much discussion and like you can get deeper into the philosophy of yoga so it's like who knows you 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 brought that in and that just something sparked in them and then you see that yeah it's so exciting so over the years were you teaching pretty much every age group and then you just started to narrow in to see which age you enjoyed working with the most yeah I started off and especially when just before I got the franchise and then when I had the franchise I still had to do a lot of the teaching myself to Mm. make ends meet so I was teaching all age groups but as time went by I could see that I just felt so much more comfortable with the older age group. And I don't think I've ever been as intimidated as I have when I've sat on the floor in a circle with two-year-olds where they've all just sat and stared at me. And I <laughs> I, I think I, it's, I just couldn't do it. So, yeah, it's terrifying. So it's, it is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. It's like they're so little, but it's it's – it's such a specific method in working with that age with the two-year-olds that's completely different than working with the preteens that you're talking about. And it's like I tell my teachers and now when I run the trainings, you know, you will find through your journey which age group you tend to be attracted to more. And it's not and it hasn't got anything to do with your ability as a person. It just has to do with that chemistry and with Mm. what you enjoy more um some people don't like the antagonism of a a teenager or you know that this is really boring miss I can't do this anymore um whereas I can deal with that I can't deal with a two-year-old staring at me and just not doing anything (laughs) totally it's but yeah I'm kind of my my natural proclivity is towards that younger but I also like the preteens but it it doesn't come as naturally. So yeah, I get more intimidated by the preteen age. It's just so funny. But I, I agree with you. Like, I think most teachers have a an age range, at least that really speaks to them. And then it just maybe just comes more naturally to you. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't yeah. teach all ages. But yeah, if you're yeah, able to choose I, I at some still, point. Of course, and I still do. And I'll, I'll yeah. jump in and cover classes for teachers. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll still work with different groups. But yeah, my attraction is there. Do you have any um, just advice for someone who hasn't worked with preteens before when it comes to yoga? Like, is there something you've found that really works well in connecting with them? I think preteens, or as we like to call them, tweens, um, they're, they're a little group of people who are stuck in no man's land they're not kids anymore but they're not teenagers they're not they want to be treated like adults but they still have that childlike um attitude within them so it's about finding finding that balance of through your classes showing them the respect and the um the seriousness that they feel they deserve but at the same time 
injecting fun and keeping your your classes light and, and joyful at the same time but yes. I think that whole respect and boundaries and you know this is who I am this is who you are let's do this you know kind of uh, attitude works really well with them yes that's what tweens is such the perfect the perfect name for them too because they're in between I think of it the same way they're not <laughs> not the teens they're not the adults they're not kids they've got play exactly it's such a fine balance but I agree that the mutual respect that's kind of like if you have that then you can build upon that 100% I mean one of the things that I I found they they like as well is what we do is we always try and set certain rules and boundaries on you know on our first session so you know we all want to have fun here and we all respect each other but like anything we have to have certain rules and boundaries and rather than my setting them I ask them to set their own Hmm. so asking children to set their own boundaries and rules for their class is giving them ownership of that class giving them ownership of this space and I and it also makes it a lot more difficult for them to break their own rules. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's so great. When it's coming from them and their ideas, exactly. I think they feel more empowered as well, rather than exactly. they're being told what to do all day, every day at school. So to be in the yoga class and to come up with their own rules, that's a novelty for them. Exactly. Yeah. So it. It, it is, I think what the word you use, empowering them, is, mm. is the perfect word, yes. Great. Well, now I'm like, oh, I want to get some more tween classes started. I miss working <laughs> with that age group. <laughs> um, but I want to hear about Beam Academy. So tell me about, first of all, how, how did this begin? Well, Beam Academy was born within a pandemic. <laughs> wow. Oh, it was. Okay. Completely in the middle of a pandemic. Um Schools closed, nurseries closed, everything closed. We were sitting at home, owning a franchise. And however much I loved it, it was always somebody else's. And um, I realized through that period, I mean, at the back of my head, I'd always wanted to own something of my own and take it in the direction that I wanted to take it and do everything by my own rules. Um, so the pandemic highlighted that and we were just sitting on the sofa one evening with my husband and we were just talking about what's going on and the idea just came and it just took off so we had it was it was a very difficult time to, to do it but it was also a very good time because whilst everything was closed we had that period to just start putting everything in place and setting everything in motion to be ready to take off with a bang once the world reopened. Because mm, so, I, was, I was on the website and it, it just, I mean, it looks so crisp and clean and clear. I really loved it. And oh, then I, I just, the design of everything and also just how you break it up into age groups. And then, so for someone, it seemed to me for someone who's never seen anything about kids yoga, that they could really understand better the benefits for each age group um, through how you put it. So, so tell, tell me what Beam Academy offers, because it seems like there's a lot that <laughs> you're putting out there right now. Well, yeah, Beam, well, first of all, Beam stands for body, body energy and mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So that's where the name came from. Um, my husband's a graphic designer, so he came up with this name and with the logo and it all kind of start, started growing from there. 
uh, I have been training people myself um, through the previous company I worked with for the last six, seven years. Um, and because after the many years of doing yoga, I'm now a senior teacher, which means that I can accredit courses. That's why we've also moved into the accreditation of courses through Beam Academy. So we have the um, children's yoga, which covers the ages from walking to 12. Then we have um, the teen yoga, which is 13 to 18. And mindfulness, which is for roughly from around five. So we're kind of directing it more towards the preschoolers who are just about to transition into big school um, all the way through to 18 when the teenagers are leaving school and again moving into a different chapter of their life. Hmm. And we're hoping by next year to introduce uh, yoga for boys because I think boys need a a different approach and I love working with boys and I love the the challenge of um, introducing yoga to boys and seeing how they really engage with it once you present it into in a, in a way that they can you know they don't want frills and fluff mm. boys want the challenge so we're doing a special boys yoga um, training and the last one at some point, but I'm waiting to see what's happening with the world first, is the 200 Ashtanga one. Mm, okay. But for that one, I want to at least be able to have some kind of contact with the people who are doing it, even if it's a few times over the period and then the rest they can do online. But I wouldn't like to do 200 hours over Zoom. Right. So I know. That one's, that one's on the ice for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> right. So for all of the offerings now, are these all happening virtually or are you starting to do these in person? Okay. So everything at the moment, is virtual. At the moment, they're all virtual. At the moment, they're all virtual. And you're in a lot of schools right now and throughout London? So over the years, we've, um, with, with the previous company I was in, we've been in over 200 schools. Mm. Um, at the moment, we're on a really good track. We've got a lot of returns, a lot of um, demand. And I think, you know, again, mindfulness being at the top of everybody's list at the moment, we can see how much they're requesting it and how much they really want us to go in and work with the children and bring them back to a place of peace and calm after this last year and a half. Yeah, I'm, I just keep thinking about how it's going to be a massive process for us all to transition back into whatever the new world is like, because it's not, I think we all know it's not going back to normal, what it was, whatever that means. Um, and I'm so glad to see companies like yours that are ready to go to help children, help parents as we try to step back in. I know personally I'm finding I'm surprised by the anxiety I have in starting to take steps back into, you know, doing things we used to do all the time. And that makes me think so many kids are going to be feeling the exact same way and they need these tools. Oh, yes, I agree. I mean, on one, on one side, kids are a lot more resilient than we are mm. in certain aspects. You know, they'll just jump back into things. But there is a lot of underlying fear. There's a lot of underlying anxiety that needs to come to the surface, just needs to be let out. Um, so, I mean, with our mindfulness course, we've got another one running next weekend. Uh, we do find 
even parents join. So it's not just for teachers. We've had parents join. We've had um, people from youth centers, anyone who works with children, because it's so adaptable the way we've done it for people from all aspects of life to just take that information and modify it into their world. Uh, but you can see that there's a, there's a lot of interest and a lot of need for it at the moment. Yes, absolutely. Well, I've been asking people since the pandemic began how they're taking care of themselves. So outside of your business and all that you're offering here, how have you personally been taking care of yourself during this extremely challenging time? <laughs> well, I have to admit, setting up a new company has kept me very busy and my mind has been focused on that. So I think that was a saving grace for me as well, because I am a person who needs to be doing something. I'm not, I don't find, you know, I, I can sit back, but I can sit back, but then I need to do something. So having that in uh, to work on was really good. But again, I've had my lovely long-term adult one-to-one clients that I've been working with online. Um, mm. So I've still had that connection with the outside world and then myself I've managed to dedicate a lot more time to my personal yoga and to just you realize how well I realized how much time I used to spend in the car moving from one client to the other or from one place to another and I suddenly had a lot more free time to go for a walk in the park or you know social distanced coffee with a friend in the park and just wander around so I try to fit in all those things that sometimes you take for granted and, you know, you realize that oh, I haven't seen that person for ages or I haven't done that for ages. So right. try to balance things out as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, I love to usually wrap up with little kids yoga gems. So I'd love with all of your experience and working with kids for so long, what would be your one biggest piece of advice for people working in the kids yoga industry? Be yourself, really. Um, and I, I, I don't, I don't know how many times I stress this through the trainings. We're all completely unique, and it's really great to be inspired by other people. I'm inspired by loads of people, but the moment you try to copy them, you're going to lose your own unique personality and what you are there to offer. So, be inspired take all that information but make it yours be yourself and just have fun and the moment you're true to yourself and the moment you're having fun and the moment what's coming out is coming from within you then you'll see that people will automatically be drawn to that energy and I I really really believe that and I know it's said quite a lot, but I think it is. You can have as much knowledge as you ca- as you like, but if you don't have, if you don't take it in with you and give and pass it along with your own character and personality and flair, and then it's going to come across as fake. And kids are too clever for that. <laughs> <laughs> They'll let you know. <laughs> they will. <laughs> I love that. It's so so true. Get all, you know, get all the trainings, be inspired. Exactly. But ultimately, it's that yoga practice for yourself. Come back to you. Yeah. And they feed off that. I love that. Well, I want people to be able to find you and to find out more about Beam Academy. So can you just point us in the direction where we could find you? So um, our website is www 
beam.academy. And then on uh, Instagram, we're beam.academy. And on Facebook, we're Beam Academy Global. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm so impressed. I just have to say, I'm so impressed that you created something so powerful and needed during a pandemic. So thank you. Pat yourself on the back. That's thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much for this opportunity. It was amazing. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed the episode and you haven't already, I would really appreciate if you can leave a rating and review and also subscribe to the podcast. This helps people find the podcast and direct more people towards it so we can spread kids yoga to more children. You can also follow us at the Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And you can always send me an email at thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback, your questions, and any ideas you have for future episodes. So thank you so much for being here and for listening.